1: It's the Round Ball Rock Podcast, starring Dave Schilling, Craig Sager, David Aldridge, Joey Devine, Peter Vesey Marv Albert, Steve Albert, Sean Kenny Albert, Sam Smith from the Jordan Rules, Kevin Arnavitz, musical guest, X, and now the host of Round Ball Rock, Joey Devine. Hey there, Round Ball Rockers, it's
0: me, your temporary host of Round Ball Rock. Joey Devine, so let me get these out of the way. Hi, it's lit fam. Sean Keen, you're here. How
1: are you? Hey, I'm good. I'm good. I uh, guess, we are uh,
0: skyping today, which means one of us is out of town. Can you me. guess who, listeners?
1: It's Sean. It's, it's me. Sean. It's me. I'm up in Arcadia. <laughs> uh, it's been very exciting. Ghost of Don Parter was it was was listing a lot of. Um, broadcasters and people who ask questions he must have known that uh it's a special mailbag edition
0: it's a reader mailbag edition we but ca-
1: yep these are our readers <laughs> uh
0: we don't want to get to that first nope uh first we have um you know some some business we have to get out of the way every episode uh first off you know where these readers sent us these questions
1: sean um, I mean, by by physical mail? Uh, no, from Twitter. Oh, we have a Twitter. It's at Round
0: Rock Pod at. Oh, God, I always start to say the email too. Right, right. It's Round it's at Round Rock Pod on Twitter, and um,
1: yeah, coming up, send on... us yeah any
0: correspondences you want over there on Twitter. We're... Sean, you were about to say something? Oh, we're
1: we're coming up on the triple century there, is all I'm saying. We're almost at 300 followers. Pretty tight.
0: Yeah, not a lot of famous people follow us, though. So if you're an FP out there, if you have that blue verified check, we want you.
1: Yeah, get some celebs in the mix. Uh, fair warning, Joey. Um, I just ordered 5,300 bots to follow the account. Oh, so, great. Um, oh, great. It should look pretty good.
0: I can't wait until uh, there's some kind. We get in some kind of kerfluffle, and then someone points out how many fake, fake followers we have. Yeah, say classic Twitter.
1: And honestly, fight. let me just say this right now: we get the realest followers in the game.
0: Yeah. Oh. Our, our Twitter followers are so real.
1: Yeah.
0: You know what else is real? What the emails we get? What? Yeah, we get emails too. At roundballrockpod at gmail
1: Almost said the Twitter handle again. I'm really bad at technology, Sean. <laughs> Did you know this? I mean, guys? I I I had to enter my Skype password so many times, and uh, I mean, it it is as my podcast is for everything. JaVale McGee and I just I always forget which <laughs> letters are capitalized. It's dumb.
0: Well, and also it's. Javale Pierre McGee. That's true. that's where that's you true. keep going. That's what up. I
1: keep doing. Yeah.
0: Um, also, readers, listeners, whatever you are, yeah, uh, we've got a Facebook page and it needs likes. And you know what? It also needs content. Yeah. <laughs> um, if you're a reader out there and you would like to be a moderator of the Roundball Rock Facebook page, please uh, just send us a note because. <laughs> We need somebody just to post stuff over there, and yeah. Sean and I are bad at it. Pod um, mods,
1: that's all we're asking for. I Any mean, yeah, we build... out
0: there. <laughs> we want to build a community for friends mm-hmm. uh, over <laughs> at the Roundball Rock Facebook page, but you and I are too lazy to do it. So okay. if somebody wants to <laughs> take those reins, let us know.
1: If you moderate that page, you're for sure in my MySpace Top 8 and uh i i still have a couple invites for lo.co left so uh, you, so hit me up you love that lo man
0: uh do you have any gmail email uh, evites left invites
1: no i i wasted those on celebrities oh. <laughs>
0: uh also we have look we're asking someone to do work there <laughs> but you know what else we do we give shit away for free we do uh stickers we give, very specifically, Round Ball Rock stickers away for free. I sent out eight yesterday. So, A, if you ask for them, and B, you get them. Please send me a DM to make sure I didn't forget you. Um, and uh, we have a new feature, Sean. A new thing we're going to be offering. Are you ready yes. for this? We, the Round Ball Rockers, will name your fantasy team whether it's a basketball team, a baseball team, a football team, we'll name it for you. All we ask in return, are you ready for this, Sean, what we ask in return? Yes. $1 or a five-star iTunes review. Yeah, that's not bad. That's not bad.
1: Joey, is it only for fantasy basketball?
0: No, it's anything. We will name any fantasy you want. Yeah. (laughs) We will give it a title. Uh, In the
1: words of Ludacris... What's your fantasy?
0: Yeah. Uh we'll name it. What is what is the name of Ludacris' fantasy, Sean? Uh
1: the Dirty Birds. And then well, it depends on the character <laughs> limit. <laughs> mm-hmm. Because, Fair. Because uh because sometimes it's uh it's uh he'll make a Fast and the Furious reference, but mm-hmm. otherwise he usually just goes with the lyrical content of his own Songs. Sure. I'm and glad that, you didn't give
0: it an actual name because
1: he didn't give us a dollar or a five star. Oh, that's right.
0: That's right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So <laughs> Luda,
1: Luda, this guideline, Luda, <laughs> Ludicrous, Chris, Chris, Ludicrous Bridges, the, we'll give you the out, the outline of it is on us. Uh, and let me just say this another freebie. I don't know why I'm doing this, but, um, a lot of last names. It could conceivably be rhymed with area codes. That's all. That's all. (laughs) All right. um, Lingering
0: business. There's lingering business. Uh, Robot, can I get the lingering business drop?
1: This is lingering business. Business, you know I'm such a fool for you. You've got me wrapped around your finger. Do you have to let it linger? Do you have two? Do you have two? Thank you, robot.
0: Um, Sean, it's been a few days since the Kyrie Irving trade. Uh, do you have any thoughts you'd like to share?
1: I'm I'm surprised at there. There's like a fatalism to it. I feel like this is a giant blockbuster trade, but I think it's because it followed a summer where. Jimmy Butler, Paul George, and Chris Paul all got traded and Gordon Hayward switched teams where people have kind of thrown their hands up and are like, oh, all right.
0: Yeah, I I, th- I I forget who said this, but somebody pointed out that 10 of the 26 All-Stars changed teams this summer.
1: Yeah, and that's a lot considering how many guys <laughs> are on... Fairly long contracts. Yeah. Well, I weirdly, I've
0: been thinking about it. And the Jimmy Butler, Paul George, Chris Paul trades, I think, kind of changed the way we think about superstar trades in that superstars are weirdly undervalued now. Yeah, because in a, trades.
1: <laughs> there have been a lot of either kind of panic trades or things that were you know, it's, you know, Chris Paul was like a sign in trade and it kind of felt like the Clippers got better stuff than Indiana got in their regular trade of Paul George. Mm-hmm. And I don't I don't know what's prompting it to be necessarily this summer. That all this well, stuff is happening,
0: and the only reason I say that is because I feel like in any other summer, this Kyrie Irving trade would be like, "Yeah, that's fair value for both teams." Mm-hmm. But now, because of what happened previous earlier in the summer, people are like, "Oh my god, the Celtics really overpaid." Yeah. Oh my god, the Cavs <laughs> really <laughs> like. Where <laughs> even just a few years ago, like. Teams would give up, like,
1: three first-round picks for Kyrie Irving. That's the weirdest thing to me, is how few <laughs> future picks are going. Because, obviously, people who get picked in the lottery and don't do great right away, like, their value just goes in the tank. So, like, mm-hmm. even even trading, like, especially, like, the spot Chris Dunn is at, it's like, oh, Thomas Robinson got traded at exactly this same point, and he got picked number five. But it's just that you you'd normally have a little more to dream on, and maybe it's that the team's acquiring them did not have a lot of future picks like that. But I'm just surprised that none of them involved like a first round pick that's four years away or something yeah. like that. You know, it
0: just seems to me that people who are really good at basketball are undervalued now, <laughs> and people yes. that have that aren't <laughs> playing basketball yet are way overvalued.
1: Yeah. Like like the guy who has a pretty good shot of returning to the all-star team versus, you know, theoretically someone who is 16 years old right now. Right. <laughs> well, even like Jay
0: Crowder, right, uh, a very good role player on a uh, very good contract is like a throw-in on this trade.
1: Like people are like, who
0: gives a shit about Jay Crowder? It's all about that Nets pick, baby. And Jay Crowder
1: like <laughs> made way less than I had remembered. For some reason, I thought he was making a full million. I mean, a million dollars a year is not that big a deal, but but yeah, what a deal. Um. Oh, so the other thing that happened, just just talking about the Kyrie trade, is you're never going to believe this, Joey. Um. So right after the trade, um, it came out that some anonymous figures involved in the Boston organization had negative things to say about a player who was leaving Boston. Yeah. Uh, That never happens in the city of Boston.
0: Which was really funny because then like, actual people
1: who were on the team
0: really came out in defense of Isaiah like coaches yeah. and
1: players. <laughs> so why I thought initially that this was like a Red Sox thing, but I think it's I think it's just the entire city. Like yeah. I wonder there had to be a bunch of stuff like during the Revolutionary War. When, well, like, I was going to say, yeah.
0: it's like, oh, that guy's leaving, let's dump tea on him. Yeah, no, I was just uh, going to say, like,
1: <laughs> Paul Revere went out to warn people about the British, and there was immediately a guy with a quill who was like, sons of liberty, think he doesn't really fit in. Uh, yeah, Paul Revere just left town, let's talk a ton of yeah, shit Yeah, let's about just it. shred <laughs> this guy. Like, That's why John Adams had to keep going home, even when he was the president, just to be like, I haven't left yet, guys, stop saying I'm addicted to pain pills I don't even <laughs> know what those are but yeah I mean like like everybody gets shredded on the way out the door like Terry Francona won the first two World Series titles in like a hundred years in Boston he was, he was gone for like 12 hours before it was like yeah we think he has a problem with Vicodin might be gambling <laughs> we don't like that he wears a hoodie instead of a shirt what's he trying to hide <laughs> Paul Pierce is
0: the only one who was safe
1: yeah, and I wonder. I kind of wonder, like, like Tom Brady seems like he's the safest possible guy, but, like, what if Belichick just decides to flip him for a draft choice and is like, it's Garoppolo's team now. I'm positive that we're going to get stories about, like, eh, they didn't really like the influence that Giselle was having on him. and like, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they thought he would have beaten the Giants once, but uh, he got distracted by his uh, water slide habits.
0: Well, you know who doesn't have to worry about that at all? Who's that? Terry Rozier. He's going to be a Celtic for life Celtic for life. (laughs) Um, But we'll talk about him later. Um, Anything else you want to mention about this Kyrie trade?
1: Nah, that was it.
0: All right. Well, let's get the news drop. It's time for some news.
1: This is Round Ball Rock News. Basketball news for humans and robots. Trust the process. Thank you, robot.
0: Uh, so Sean, Manny Ginobili is back, baby. Two uh, years, five million dollar deal.
1: I'm I'm um, happy about it. I I thought he was coming back once he did. You know, once he didn't actually retire after the finals, I was like, yeah, I guess he's gonna come back. Yeah.
0: My question is: Do you think all those internet writers are very quickly scrubbing <laughs> all the pieces, the farewell Manu pieces they wrote just three years ago? Yeah, well, <laughs> I mean, three I, months ago. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, I'm wondering. Um, I'm actually going to check right now because the last thing I remember was Zach Lowe's pinned tweet was a feature about Manu Ginobili. He is on vacation. He is he has not unpinned that tweet.
0: Uh. So yeah, I'm happy Manu's back. Uh, I have no idea what to make of the Spurs this season, but um, it's it's always fun to have Manu in the
1: league. Yeah, I mean, it's gonna be a sad.
0: It's gonna be a sad league when we have to cover a league that doesn't have Manu or Dirk in it. So I'm happy they're both back.
1: Oh, and let me let me say this as well. Um, I don't care about anyone retiring on top at all. Uh, oh, not at all. If it were for me, like. I think it's awesome when a guy's like, "Yeah, I can't play every day, but I'm just going to hang out on the bench and pinch hit." Like, yeah, <laughs> the Jim Tomey, Jason Giambi way to end your career. Like, that's awesome. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's just I, I don't know when that began. It's it feels like it's related to Jordan. This idea that your last shot should be like the championship winner and then you walk away forever. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, even Michael Jordan didn't actually do that. So, right. Anyway, that Uh, makes me crazy.
0: Old Kobe was hilarious. Yeah, I mean, he was making $25
1: million a year, and he was... And destroying
0: the franchise, but it was still hilarious. Yeah, I mean, he was like the
1: god king of the Lakers, but... I mean, did anyone really want him to retire before that? No way. Like, just, just have a more reasonable... I mean, that does require you to have a reasonable idea of what you can do and not do. But, like, you don't think Vince <laughs> Carter could... Like, is this definitely Vince Carter's last year? I don't necessarily think so. No.
0: He still hasn't played for the Spurs.
1: Oh, that's right. Um, he and, and Manu.
0: <laughs> Vince Carter's not allowed to retire until he plays for the Spurs. Um, all right. Uh, another news story, and I'm putting news in quotes here. Okay. Uh, apparently, Sean... The Cavs offered the Warriors Kyrie Irving for Klay Thompson, uh, and Bob Myers apparently said, um, "We're not interested," and then hung up the phone. This is hilarious,
1: right? Yeah, it's super weird. Especially <laughs> since, I mean, they're, they have—they both have two years left. It's like—it's like a weird parallel move that makes a great deal of sense for Cleveland and makes no sense for the Warriors as well. But also they just played three finals in a row against each other. (laughs) It's like I mean the way the way Cleveland seems to have been approaching this Kyrie trade is like uh like a couple in the seventies in a failing marriage who's just like, you know what, let's just put the keys to Kyrie in this bowl and uh whoever picks it up out of this fishbowl, we're just, we're flipping it, you know, <laughs> to see what happens. And Danny yeah. Ainge was just feeling like Randy that night. And it's like, okay. Uh,
0: yeah. It seems like based on this trade offer, the fact that they won the trade is like a fluke.
1: Oh, for sure. It just feels like they were <laughs> like, if they, if they made that trade offer, I feel like 25 teams in the league got some call.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, I just wonder what their thinking was, why would the Warriors want Kyrie Irving?
1: Uh, to lead the second <laughs> unit, like to get <laughs> Nick Young open shots? Like <laughs> they know the Warriors have step like made a pretty substantial long term commitment to a point guard recently, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's so weird. I mean <laughs> The only thing is, um, the individual guys on the Warriors seem to really like Kyrie. Yes, uh, I think I think he and at least he and Draymond are kind of buddies. Durant likes Kyrie too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they
0: all just played together in the Olympics.
1: Yeah, and like every so so four of their guys at least have spent significant time with Kyrie. Yeah, what what position do they think Kyrie
0: Irving plays? (laughs) My big question about this is: so they traded him to the Celtics, right? Mm-hmm. Does this mean anything that, about the Cavs not being worried that the fact that they offered him to the Celtics and the Warriors? Does this say something about how the Cavs felt, ownership group felt about Kyrie that they were offering him to teams they're definitely going have to going to have to play in the finals and conference finals?
1: I mean, yeah. It it feels like either, uh, you know, they, they weren't worried about it, or they, you know, were just scrambling to find an answer because uh, their GM died after the finals, because otherwise... We... <laughs> oh, wait, they fired him for no reason. <laughs> That's what they did.
0: All right, we're not going to top that. All right, um... <laughs> Andrew Wiggins! Can't do the podcast without Andrew Wiggins Uh, news now for some reason. Love him. Love him. (laughs) Andrew Wiggins has fired his agent, Bill Duffy, after the agent negotiated a max contract extension for him. Uh, What what happened exactly?
1: It's unclear. (laughs) So does that have to do with the, the weird eighty five year old owner wanting to like look him in the eye and say, You gotta play more defense.
0: Well, he can't he like he can't sign the contract yet either. So it's just tabled until he gets a new
1: agent. Oh so now Bill
0: Duffy says that this is this is he's been tampered with
1: Oh man, was it Magic the Johnson? The fired agent. Was it Magic know, I'm wondering
0: is Magic Johnson gonna be Andrew Wiggins agent now? Also, um,
1: like, what are the rules about tampering with an agent? It seems like it's... I mean, From what I can tell from the yeah. HBO show Ballers, it's pretty much open season.
0: Yeah. Well, and also, the other weird thing is, is I initially was like, oh, this is so smart on Andrew Wiggins' part, because now he doesn't have to pay the 10% to Bill Duffy or whatever. But the Players Association... Bill Duffy is still going to get a the percentage of this contract because he negotiated it. Oh, okay.
1: So, So... I guess Wode says that the commission fee on his contract is 4%, which seems normal. And then some Mm -hmm. other agents said they wouldn't charge him commissions. But...
0: But but that will be on his contract five years from now. You can't just...
1: You can't do it now. Yeah. I mean, I remember there's... It, it's really weird. Is it like, I mean, do they have like a signature shoe deal with Adidas or something? Oh, maybe. that I didn't even think about that Maybe part. that's what it is, is that he's getting a new shoe deal and he doesn't want to pay the commission on that.
0: Who knows? That's weird. Whatever it is, Andrew Wiggins, what are you doing? All right. Speaking of contract extensions. Mm-hmm. Uh, Russell Westbrook still hasn't signed his Supermax extension, and it's apparently starting to make the Thunder nervous.
1: Uh, You Um, you know how I would feel if I worked for the Thunder? How? Really nervous. (laughs) (laughs) Because I don't... let, Let me know if I'm reading this correctly. Does he have any reason to... Like, like, what is he risking?
0: Well, to me, it feels like he's risking nothing by both signing it or not signing it. You know what I mean? Because uh-huh. it's always going to be there.
1: So he would get <laughs> the biggest contract in NBA history. He, mm-hmm. So he thought... Yeah, basically, he was committing to the point when he like the end of this contract was taking him to the point where he would have been a 10-year player mm-hmm. which is not really as valuable about the new CBA he was made he and Harden got made retroactively eligible mm-hmm. and then i mean it's not there's nothing to really negotiate about because they said they're offering him the supermax mm-hmm. <laughs> and so if he waits a year and re-signs uh-huh. with Oklahoma City, he just gets that contract. Right. So, and he also has a player option already for 2018-19. Yes. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess... <laughs> I I guess he could... Like, like... <laughs> Okay, well, here's the question. You can sign the Supermax for, like, two years, right? It doesn't have to be five years?
0: I, I think it does have to be five years. Okay, okay. So
1: <laughs> so it's possible he just wants another short deal and wants to keep his options open? I mean, if I were him, I would just, every time I was unhappy about the, the contract, I'd just, like, bring out the pen and go to sign it and then turn to Sam Presti and be like, you know, we really need some help on the wing. <laughs> now, I'm not sure what Sam Presti could have done that was better than adding Paul, Paul George, George and removing Victor Oladipo. You know, and they also added Pat Patterson.
0: Um, I mean, he could get rid of Enos Cantor. That's
1: true. Um. That's true. <laughs> uh, I mean, but also, it's Russell Westbrook, so I'm also like, maybe he's just... Shopping for really tight capri pants. You know, maybe he's... <laughs> like, maybe he's busy.
0: I don't know. I think... The sh- I don't think the Thunder should be super worried
1: yet. <laughs> no. Cause... Nervous, yes. Worried, no. <laughs> but I think he even has three whole weeks that he can sign it in training camp. Yes. So it could just be that he wants to sit down. And maybe, maybe you never know... Um one of those shady frackers should want to should wanna be able to look Russell Westbrook in the eye. <laughs> All right, um, before we get to our reader mail, Sean, would you like to read our ad read? Oh, yeah, let's pay the bills. Uh, we've got a new sponsor for this week's podcast. And younger listeners, be aware, this is only for adults 18 and over. It is a brand new chewing tobacco called TJ Leaf's Lose Leaf Tobacco. Yes, there's plenty of chews out there that feature shredded loose-leaf tobacco, but this is loose-leaf tobacco. Shredded pieces of the worst tobacco available that were simply never going to make it into a cigarette or the Chaw Big Leagues. You look at the low price, and eventually you start talking yourself into it. But deep down, you know this tobacco is no good. But we are pretty sure white people in Indiana are going to really embrace it. Here's how it works. Pacers rookie T.J. Leaf tirelessly searches out strains of tobacco that aren't good themselves, but grow near tobacco with a much better pedigree. Then, he finds the leaves that have fallen to the ground, not even making it to the tobacco draft. I mean, harvest. Let other organizations pick up tobacco with a beautiful brown color. T.J. Leafs will go for the palest strains out there. Then, the tobacco is smoked, using TJ's unique process, where he puts the tobacco in his pocket and then gets isolated against a talented wing player. You've never seen Leaf get roasted like that. Sometimes it gets burnt, but usually it's just shredded. Once the loose-leaf tobacco is shredded, it's left on a bench, sometimes for two, three years. Occasionally, Jeff Foster will come by and sample a little bit, and every few months they'll make Austin Crochet spit some at a poster of Patrick Ewing. Once it's ready, each chaw is good for at least six minutes a night. Yes, Pacers fans, you might feel sick to your stomach for quite a while, but eventually you'll learn to grudgingly accept what TJ Leaf contributes. Order now with promo club Club Rio, and they'll throw in two sample flavors, Cherry Cola Depot and Lance Stevenson's Born Shreddy. It tastes like a hot dog. T.J. Leaf's Lose Leaf Tobacco. Nothing to spit at. Surgeon General's warning may cause clubhouse cancer. Well, well, thank you, T.J. Leaf's Lose Leaf. Wow. It's
0: really? It's that uh, Adreed was really going after a uh, guy who's never played in the NBA. He might uh, be. He crazy. might be. <laughs> 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 um...
1: I, I can't even really remember what that tobacco was like at a college level even
0: well i mean lonzo ball made that tobacco real look real good
1: Uh, just by
0: uh standing next to it Mm um (laughs) all right uh, sean we've been asking all week Mm -hmm. for the dumbest possible questions our readers listeners our listeners could come up with and they delivered let's hear that reader mail drop robot
1: this is round ball rock reader mail communications from listeners why do we call it reader mail it is confusing for robots
0: our first question comes from andrew louder who asks hypothetical there is only one game scheduled charlotte versus orlando convince me of a reason to watch this game this is really sell Ballard me on it
1: oh boy John, do you want to go first <laughs> well it sounds crazy to say this mail. out loud but i'm pretty the confident robots. that charlotte's going to make the playoffs this year mm-hmm. um, <laughs> i don't know if that's really a selling point to be like it's just like the eastern conference first round I think I, I would just like... I feel like it's a Dwight Howard revenge game. Exactly. Like no matter that is what I was going to say. No, Three words, yeah. Dwight Howard revenge. And <laughs> and I think that we didn't specify where the game's going to be played, but I think you can be assured that wherever it is, the fans on the stands are going to hate Dwight Howard. And so. wherever
0: it is, the stands will be half full. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: <laughs> like, maybe... maybe cam newton will be there or will be like taking his family to disneyland and he might show up um the
0: other the other good reason to watch this game Mm -hmm. is to watch aaron gordon and michael kidd gilchrist try and make a basket
1: from farther (laughs) than 10 feet away (laughs) i love it i love it (laughs) Uh, and Kemba Walker has been, you know, he has an Orlando connection because he goes to Jameer Nelson's small man camp every year. So.
0: Um, the other good reason to watch this game, I would say, is uh, you might get to see Mario Hazonia. He won't be playing, but he'll be somewhere in the building yeah, at some point. And also, uh, that French guy might punch somebody in the
1: nuts. Yeah. And actually, if you see, if you um, if you really watch Michael Jordan, you can probably catch him betting against his own team at some point from his seat. So that's kind of fun.
0: Let's be honest, though. Michael Jordan is not attending in Orlando game. He's he's, he's probably in <laughs> Chicago still. All right, I think we sold him on it. What do you think, Sean? Any other selling points?
1: Yeah, I mean, um, I think I think the real reason to sell it is. You never know when your free preview of NBA TV is going to end, so take advantage of it. It's
0: true, it's true. All right, um, our next question comes from listener and basketball friend, what? Zach Harper, uh-huh. who wants to know, I mean, look, FPs listen
1: to this This is a pretty podcast person.
0: Yeah, yeah it's super. <laughs> uh, and he wants to know, if you could tamper with one player in NBA history... Who is it and why
1: uh if I could tamper with one player in nBA history so this is this is like convincing someone under contract to go somewhere else mm-hmm um but it's anyone
0: in any nBA player in history one player in nBA history
1: yeah I mean i think I think it would have to be like this is a this is a morbid way to look at it, but I feel like it's the like the most morally responsible thing I would tamper. With Reggie Evans and get him uh, Reggie Lewis and get him to mm. to go to like uh, somewhere in Los Angeles, like close to UCLA Medical Center, basically, like, to get his heart. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, I think if I could tamper with any player in NBA history, uh, I would tamper with Joe Smith because I hate draft picks.
1: Oh, just just tamper even further. So, like, the the Timberwolves just have to, like, disband. Yeah.
0: (laughs) I would just continually try and tamper with Joe Smith.
1: Yeah. I Uh, think it would be... uh, The other thing I think would be fun... uh, Tamper with Bill Bill Russell. Illegal under the table game. Oh, he
0: would... Definitely leave
1: Boston. That's
0: the correct answer, actually. (laughs) Just get him on the
1: Knicks and change history entirely.
0: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, that's the correct answer. Um, All right. Zach had a second part to his question, question, which is, why is Face Off the best movie of the 90s?
1: Uh, Well, I have... There's a lot... Okay, the two things I would say about this... um, Nicolas Cage based his character and his character, Caster Troy, and his mm-hmm. relationship with his brother, Pollux Troy. Yeah. <laughs> Troy. I don't know the actor who plays Pollux Troy. <laughs> uh, they based their characters on uh, the the brothers from Crumb, the documentary yeah. about uh uh-huh. R. Crumb, and they pitched it to John Woo, who just kind of nodded and was like, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. And um, and then the other thing I like is that Face- Face-Off has the most ridiculous scientific premise behind it that you... That
0: they explain in seven seconds. They
1: explain in seven seconds. And what they do <laughs> is they give the monologue describing it to Anna DeVere Smith, who mm-hmm. is coming off of like this critically acclaimed one-woman Broadway show about racism in Los Angeles called The Fire Inside. And they're like, we just need the most... Legit person to do this, and and she like sells it just enough that they're already switching faces before you're like, hey, wait a second, these guys aren't even the same height. <laughs> and for an example of a movie that does not do that correctly, Deja Vu, the Denzel Washington Tony Scott film, this, uh, Well, they have Careful, a <laughs> They have a very ludicrous premise, and instead of handing that explanation to Val Kilmer. Juilliard trained actor who was in the cast, they have Adam Goldberg sell it. And I, I love him, I love his performance, but it's hard to take what Adam Goldberg says and say, oh, this is definitely not bullshit.
0: I love everything about Deja Vu, you are incorrect <laughs> about that, but um, the one thing you are correct about is face-off rules, Yeah, and uh, I have two reasons. Uh, one, It's Margaret Cho in a dramatic role.
1: That's right.
0: (laughs) And two, uh, they go to a prison with uh, gravity boots. So that's fucking tight. Uh, (laughs) Which actually leads us into our next question, which comes from listener Aaron Barry, who was responding to me talking about the gravity boots. And he says, not that fun fact. They used those exact boots in the Super Mario Brothers movie. Wow. So it's like when the knife from the golden child was in the shadow. Um, <laughs> that is weird a, that I know that. That's um, a deep cut.
1: <laughs> oh, man, can I, one more thing about face-off? There's sure. There's a great thing at the end where um, John Travolta, well, Caster Troy in John Travolta's body is, is trapped, so he decides he's going to wreck his face. Mm-hmm. So he can't get it back. And uh, it's very dramatic, and there are zero consequences. It doesn't yeah, it doesn't affect the face one bit.
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> but Aaron Barry, in that response, also had a question for oh. us. And I oh. think it's a good question. Yeah. And it's... Hold on, I have a plane okay. going over me. Okay. Um, what NBA player is most likely to hit reset while losing at Mario Kart 64?
1: You know, And oh, look, yeah, to
0: ahead. me, there is only one answer to this question.
1: Oh. And
0: that answer is Chris Paul.
1: I was I was going to say Chris Paul as well, <laughs> but then I was like, I don't know if he has a Nintendo 64. Like, he's still... I could see him, like, insisting that a Super Nintendo was just fine. <laughs> but yeah, all I could think of was Chris Paul for sure, like... Chris Paul complaining about the controller being broken. Um, And I also think he would, like, hit the reset on it, but try to make it look like an accident.
0: Oh, for sure. Like, oh, I
1: fell and my toe just hit the reset button.
0: (laughs) He also definitely only plays as Toadstool. Uh Um, Uh-huh. All right. uh, Adrian Escalera, one of our most loyal listeners, our oldest and most loyal listeners asks this is a newsy one. Um are the Boston fans burning Isaiah Thomas's jersey the stupidest dumb fuck fans on the planet? Yes or yes. I Which mean, I don't know if you saw this, Sean, but uh Boston fans were burning Isaiah Thomas jerseys yesterday.
1: Yeah, I so saw one was in like a fireplace. <laughs> and I just thought that I get I'm naive about jersey burning, but it seems like it's an outdoor thing. Like usually, people put them on a grill, or they're like Wheelbarrow. on a sidewalk or something like that. Yeah. I've never seen it on like a hearth. Like the, <laughs> I think the guy's prodding it with a fireplace poker.
0: Um, well, I mean, maybe the big dick hit his gas lane, so he's yeah using it for warmth.
1: Actually, uh, <laughs> I'm I'm gonna say I didn't see any evidence of this but I am 100% convinced that that was a Caucasian person. Oh, that. yeah. I'm, I'm also pretty sure it was a Caucasian
0: person. <laughs> but also, like... All right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's the
1: dumbest.
0: Uh, Yeah, for sure. Burning... Don't burn jerseys. Come on.
1: Especially, when a Especially gets... if
0: a guy was traded. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he wanted to stay. He was like... Back up that Brinks truck. I want to live in this hellhole called Boston Uh forever. Um, right, Uh, Jason, listener Jason Gilbert asks, Which set of twins would win in a three-legged race? Markeith and Marcus Morris? Brooke or Robin Lopez? Horace or Harvey Grant? Or Goron and Zoran Dragic? Who are not twins, by the way. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They're not. Um, I... I think immediately, right out of the gate, we can disqualify Brooke and Robin. Lopez I would, because absolutely. Because they will be
1: slap fighting before the race even starts. I'm not even sure they successfully tie their <laughs> legs together. <laughs> <laughs> you should use a half hitch. Brooke, you gotta stop it. No, I'm stop gonna it, use. I'm oh. trying to tie this knot. It needs to. I have a Boy Scout badge. You just gotta let me do it. Ugh. <gasps> Go read a comic book while I tie this together.
0: <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> uh I think the the Harrison twins would do well though. They weren't listed in the question. I think their legs are too short. Oh, they wouldn't they wouldn't be able to do it? Um, they don't
0: have those long strides of the Morris or the Grants.
1: I think I think the Grants are actually the favorite though.
0: Yeah, I think it depends on what era Grant though.
1: Well, like uh, yeah, do they have to compete in the race now?
0: Yeah, because if it's now there's Markeith and Marcus are taking this thing. Yeah. in, in fact, you know what? Markef and Marcus are definitely taking this thing. Like, like even if it's just prime generally grants? Yeah, I think so. I mean look, they took they basically signed one contract. Those guys oh. are melded together.
1: hmm That's <laughs>
0: their bodies move as one.
1: Yeah, like I think <laughs> I think the Grants would be really clever, but yeah, you're right. They share a brain, so <laughs> and they they would fight dirty. So, yeah, uh, we're, Moore's Twins, you're going to get this one. Yeah, definitely.
0: All right, so this one's uh, going to lead to a more serious topic, I feel like. Uh, let's see if we can get out of this quickly. Uh, my former high school classmate, Mikey Reimers, first off, shout out. Bishop O'Dow Dragons, class of 2001, um, uh, is upset that I said real Warriors fans like the We Believe Warriors more than uh, the current Warriors. And Sean, you agreed with him. Do you want to take that?
1: Um, I mean, I, I understand both sides of it, for sure. But I think one special thing about the We Believe team is that to really have gotten on board with them you have to have been a pretty diehard fan in 2007 and i yes. think there's a lot of people that um just just uh were beaten down at that point mhm and so i think it happened so fast like the trade happened the big trade that launched them happened in january is that right mhm And so it was like a three month thing. And you know, they weren't like they weren't like awesome after the trade. They were just basically awesome. They barely
0: made the playoffs. Yeah. They made the playoffs on the last day of the season. And
1: they weren't even like on fire going into I think they probably won their last like four or five games. Yeah. They
0: basically caught fire the last month of the season when they started starting Al Harrington, Matt Mm -hmm. Barnes. Jason Richardson, Monte Ellis, and Baron Davis.
1: This Warriors team is... I understand the comparison of this We Believe team to, like, last year's team. Mm -hmm. But I think if you were watching the 73-win team, it felt like every single game was, like, appointment viewing. And the team still did do crazy stuff and, like, amazing comebacks. And, like, that game they won against Oklahoma City in the regular season... Yeah. is just about the most entertaining basketball game I've ever seen in my life. And so I think... I underst- I guess I understand both sides, but I'm just not... I'm not down on anybody who had already... had become, like, a battered spouse yeah. know, by 2007.
0: Yeah. My answer is just like, look, in my head, I know which team is the best, but in my heart... I just, the We Believe team was so unexpected and wonderful. And it was like, to me, there's a town, like a city has never matched a team better Hmm. than that specific Warrior team and uh, Oakland, California.
1: Um, Well, and it also came on the heels of, you know, the A's had hit this point where they were consistently very good, but it was still very, like, possibility was always, like, a big part of those A's teams. Like, even, you know, even seven years into that Billy Bean Moneyball run, you still had a lot of young players where you're like, oh, I want to see what Nick Swisher develops into, and, like, you know, we've switched out these established pitchers for Dan Heron, and, um, yeah, the, the idea of unlimited possibility and... Unexpected stuff like that really is very valuable. And it's, it's a, for sure, post Durant, it feels like a different kind of fandom because the title season did kind of come out of nowhere, even though they won 67 games. Yeah. And then, for sure. and then the, the, the Pursuit of the Win record still felt like they were trying to answer people who said their first title was tainted or whatever. And now it's more like, Watching a bunch of professionals who have just dissected basketball and are just tearing it up. So,
0: yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm whatever. You can be a fan of whatever you want. I just love the We Believe team. Yeah. All right, um, let's get to some more fun questions. Uh, Nitten asks, "Who is the unwoke NBA
1: champion?" Ooh, um, boy, this is such an easier question in the NFL. Mm-hmm. <laughs> where I think, like, I mean, obviously you've got, like, your Richie Incognito types, but I would say that recently it's, like, LaShawn McCoy who's, <laughs> like, bad-mouthing Colin Kaepernick even yeah. even as his own team is. He's like, this guy's not a winner. And you're like, LaShawn well, McCoy, you've been on some tremendously bad teams in your life. <laughs> like, um, Buffalo I... would get rid of you immediately if they could. <laughs>
0: uh i think the answer the real answer is chris cayman
1: uh-huh uh
0: but the fun answer is matt barnes
1: oh yeah because he is he is on the wrong side of a lot of like like i'm sure he's not a trump supporter sure but i
0: I bet he has the correct political thoughts but he runs into (laughs) some bad circles yeah he's, um... he's like
1: he's like the guy the one guy who throws a brick at like a super intentionally non-violent rally yeah I just turn the other cheek <laughs> just turn the other cheek and matt barnes is like i'm gonna throw that tear gas canister right in your fucking face and he's then... <laughs> like
0: constantly at the point where uh Mookie is at the end of "Do the Right Thing," yeah, which is throwing the tra- the trash can through the pizza place window, yeah, and that's him, uh,
1: that's him applying for the permit to protest. He's yeah. already throwing <laughs> it's like two months early. Yeah.
0: Uh, we also should mention honorable mention goes to Pizza Truther, uh, PizzaGate Truther, Andrew Bogut here. Yeah,
1: he's the only thing I would say is that he's such a troll. And he's not from america that he's almost in like assange territory where andrew bogut's almost like i just report things that i see <laughs> you know, yeah. i don't know all why right. that was my australian accent I apologize <laughs> yeah, to that, all that, that what you're doing,
0: doing julian assange though. um that's my right. se-
1: that's just my sex criminal accent
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> um all right our another loyal listener I mean, reader. I mean, listener. Uh, Genial black man wants to know At what are Lex. the uh, what are the chances that Kyrie Irving saw the solar eclipse and thought those two discs are all rubbed up like paper plates?
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, the only thing I would say <laughs> is that uh, those paper plates are not eco friendly enough for yeah. Kyrie Irving. So it would be those. Um, those like uh those, those ones that are, out are of, like, made out corn. of food. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. yeah. <laughs> but but
0: otherwise you are absolutely correct, Gina. Yeah, one hundred percent. All right. Adrian Escalera asked a question that I love, which is has Donald Trump ever watched basketball on T V on purpose?
1: I would say yes, but only for gambling purposes. Mm. Because I think it depends on whether some like I'm trying to think of what NBA player Donald Trump would want to consider himself to be friends with, and like Michael Jordan. Okay, so like he's at a casino and he's advanced Michael Jordan a line of credit or something like that, or
0: they're at a golf course together and I, they're high stakes gambling. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Their terrible golf swings. Yeah.
1: So I also imagine <laughs> they that, are
0: being yeah. actually they are not gambling each other, they are playing some pro who is scamming them both at the same time. Yes, some yes, golf yes. pro. <laughs> uh,
1: I, I'm also going to say that while Donald Trump um, is watching basketball, he is never shutting up. He's constantly has a comment. He says, the very unfair referees all the time, if any whistle goes against his team. Um, and I think he also I'm going to say every four minutes talks about how they're not calling traveling enough.
0: Oh, 100%. He is for sure a traveling truther. <laughs> if he's seen a basketball game, which I'm going to say no. I don't think he's ever watched basketball. Yeah, I mean
1: like for 48, for 48 full minutes where no one is mentioning his name. I don't, like, think, it, I don't I, think it would happen. Not, not the whole game.
0: I'm also guessing he's probably been at events that James Dolan was at and there's no way they're turning on a Knicks game where James Dolan is because they don't want him to get upset.
1: Yeah, so I would say, yes, he has intentionally turned the Channel 2 a basketball game. No way in hell has he watched more than three continuous quarters.
0: Weirdly, I do think he watched that Charles Barkley uh, solving race uh, documentary they had on during the playoffs. I think
1: he was an executive (laughs) producer, actually. (laughs) Um, all right. Uh, oh, that guy John Barron was the executive producer. Sorry, not Trump.
0: <laughs> all right. So this one comes from Kevin Deanahan, and <laughs> it's a question that is: Why is it Thibodeau when you say his full name, but Tibbs for short? Shouldn't it be Thibs?
1: Uh, this this question made me break out in a cold sweat. <laughs> Because (laughs) this is
0: like an SAT
1: question. I'm so I'm so worried about mispronouncing names all the time. And in fact, because people call him Tibbs all the time, I just try to never say his last name. Um, I thought it was Thibodeau, not Thibodeau. I'm pretty sure it is Thibodeau, and I don't know. I mean, all I know
0: is. We need to ice this pronunciation, whatever it is. Sorry. I would say, yeah,
1: I mean, my, the- my theory behind it would just be that he's only worked in places where people have super heavy regional accents. hmm And so, and he doesn't care how his name's pronounced. Yeah. So if you're like, Tibbs, he's like, great, more efficient, more time to break down game tape. Like... <laughs> Like you save two syllables every time you said his name, and eventually, like, like uh, that'll lead to something, you know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but the combo of Boston, Chicago, and Minnesota, he probably has no idea how his name is supposed to be pronounced now. Like, oh yeah. god, oh gosh, it's Tibbs over here, you know.
0: <laughs> All right, I think that's a fair answer to that question. Um, Lionel Hutz, the uh, <laughs> the Simpsons character. Wants to know which NBA player has had the most Forrest Gump like career in that he was present for the most seminal NBA moments.
1: Wow, this is a really this is a really good question. Um, you know, the guy who's probably the most Forrest Gump like is uh, the late Jack Haley. Mm-hmm. And Jack Haley was um, he was on. He he was on like every team Dennis Rodman was on at the end mm-hmm. of his career because he was good friends with him and he was very non judgmental about Rodman and his sexuality and he just has a really interesting life like he's he's been a, he was a broadcaster for a long time he died really suddenly um, and you know he was at UCLA he's just he's that kind of background guy who was around a lot and. I think he's on the 96 Bulls, I want to say, and maybe played like 13 games of that season. Uh, So I would say Jack Haley because he's at so many Jordan and Rodman things, and he was at UCLA, and he played for a bunch of teams, and and, and being a broadcaster. That's what I would say.
0: Uh, I have two answers, a player and a coach. Okay. Uh, The player, I think, is Robert Ori. Yeah. Um, Because he was on... Uh, that Rockets team and those Lakers teams and the Spurs teams.
1: Uh, yeah, and actually that that shot he hits against the Kings in two thousand two feels very Forrest Gump like. Like I just picked it up and threw it when the rebound yeah. came out. <laughs> <laughs> like like at one, I wouldn't be surprised if he'd like like in in the background in the interviews. Like there's some programmers who are like, why can't we get this code to work? And Robert is (laughs) like, what are you all a Twitter about? And then, (laughs) Uh, and the coach
0: is, I think Mike Brown, oh, because uh, he was a Spurs staffer. Mm -hmm. He was there for the beginning of LeBron. He was there when there was no LeBron. He was there on the Warriors, and and this to me was the real. Breaker is he was at the malice of the
1: palace. Oh, at the that's palace. right! <laughs> wow, that—that's uh, our Vietnam. So that makes a lot of sense, <laughs> Lieutenant Dan. You can't go out there with no waste basket. <laughs> what was it? What was Jamal Tinsley trying to use? A metal—a uh, metal dustpan. Metal dust that's right. <laughs> it yeah. wasn't metal. It was plastic. Oh, well, that's. That's even more ill advised.
0: <laughs> oh, also, I believe he's been an assistant on the uh, on USA Basketball for a long time too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right, uh, Adrian Escalera also asked, "Who would win in a fight, a gorilla or a grizzly bear?"
1: Okay, my question is: Are we talking the the ones in nature, or is this Phoenix Suns mascot versus Memphis mascot?
0: Uh oh shit. Um, Let's do both.
1: Okay, uh, in nature, I'm picking a grizzly bear because they have claws, and I think they're bigger. Uh, I think a gorilla is probably has more moves. Yeah, a gorilla's
0: definitely smarter.
1: I think a grizzly bear also just murders things a lot more than a gorilla does. Yeah, that's Um, probably fair. But mascot-wise, uh, I'm I'm taking the Suns Gorilla against any mascot in the NBA.
0: I'm also taking the Suns Gorilla against any NBA mascot, except for possibly the Phoenix—I mean, the uh, the San Antonio Spurs Coyote, because he's like the Joker. There's no yeah. rules with him. It's like he was—it's
1: <laughs> chaos. Yeah, it, it reminds me of how <laughs> Dennis Rodman used to guard Carl Malone but just like being inappropriately close to him and like, really in his head. Like that would be that'd be the coyote with the gorilla. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's like there's he's he's you know, you gotta burn the entire jungle down to yeah. get the, the San Antonio's first coyote. Um, and I would also say that yes, I think a grizzly bear in nature would beat a gorilla. Even though the gorilla is smarter and would maybe think to use tools and stuff, mm-hmm. uh, it feels like the grizzly bear has more weapons. Yeah, with the claws and the teeth, he can um, just
1: like in MMA turns, he can take the fight to the ground, and then I think the gorilla is really in trouble.
0: Yeah. Um, all right, our SF, uh, our friend and SF, uh, San Francisco stand-up comedy superstar. Has individual questions for both of us. Okay. Uh, the one for me, he asked, uh, which NBA stars do you think would like the band The Replacements? Uh, which, for those of you that don't know, they're my favorite band. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're a punk band from Minneapolis in the '80s, and I think uh, DeMarcus Cousins would really like The Replacements. Um, because they're also wild cards who are angry, but also kind of uh, self sabotage.
1: Yeah, that's... I think Demarcus
0: Cousins would really, uh, really be into that.
1: <laughs> well, the thing that, yeah, so the replacements, What is there, is SNL their most legendary meltdown? I would say that, yes. Yeah, uh, they got really drunk before their musical performance. That reminded me of the time that Demarcus Cousins committed six fouls in one quarter.
0: Yeah, I also think Metal World Peace would appreciate the replacements.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and now for you, Sean. Oh. This is definitely the question that uh, got people the most excited, I yes. think. Um, <laughs> Kevin wants to know, which NBA players best represent the main characters of Lord of the Rings? No. And please answer this in under four minutes (laughs) i'll try i'll try to post that uh
1: let me let me take a second joey do you want to explain to the listeners your lord of the rings ban first uh
0: yeah i refuse to read or watch anything uh i refuse to read or watch the lord of the rings uh mainly to troll my friend kaylin egan who they were his favorite movies in college Uh, So I invented a ban, and I will also randomly throw things into the Lord of the Rings ban. Uh, Mm -hmm. Recent things I've thrown in there include Game of Thrones and also the Dark Tower
1: movie. And what, Um, what was the impetus for your ban? Was there, like, an incident that happened or just... Sort of, I... I mean,
0: it was mainly to troll a friend of mine. Okay. But also, I was like a movie snob at the time. And uh, I was trying to... It really, I was watching a basketball game. And I saw a commercial for... Uh, a preview for Austin Powers 2. Then a BMW commercial with Austin Powers in it. Then a Taco Bell commercial with Austin Powers in it. And I was like, fuck this shit. I'm not seeing this movie... And then I wouldn't see any movies for about 6 months. I refused to see any movies with like cross-market promotion.
1: Uh, and Lord of the yeah. Rings
0: fell into that. But then mainly I just kept it going to bother it really upset my friend
1: Kalen, <laughs> who
0: hosts a, an excellent movie podcast you should listen to called Does Your Favorite Movie Suck.
1: Mhm. Um, Uh, We are going to talk about my giant before they do, I promise. Yeah. Um, (laughs) uh, Okay, so I think just just in an overview sense, uh, Phil Jackson is Saruman, (laughs) who is not as smart as he thinks he is. Elaborate dark arts, very respected. but um, And I would say that Sauron, the Dark Lord, the most evil being in... Uh, NBA Middle-Earth is Isaiah Thomas. And so they, to, they kind of align... Old Isaiah, right? Old not, Isaiah, not, not young Isaiah. Yeah. Sorry. Isaiah, yeah. Piston's <laughs> Isaiah Thomas. Um, and essentially, Mordor is um, Madison Square Garden, I would say. Okay. Like, it's just... Nothing good grows there. Uh, it's just full of orcs. And they, they imprison and torture brave knights <laughs> like Charles Oakley. Um, All right, so keep going. Who else is who? So the Fellowship of the Ring, obviously, Steph Curry is is Frodo, and I think Clay Thompson would be Samwise Gamgee, like, because they're <laughs> buddies. Um, there's no real, like, I think Bilbo is actually Monte Ellis, because he's kind of <laughs> old and crazy and ineffective now, but he sort of <laughs> led the way. And then I would say the other Hobbits are not necessarily guys on the Warriors. I think they're, like small, ambitious. Mary, I would say, is the good Isaiah Thomas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh Pippin I think is Russell Westbrook. Like very okay. brave and energetic.
0: See, okay, I don't know much about the Lord of the Rings, but yeah. I would have thought uh that Bilbo would be Alan Iverson then. Um... Because you're picking all small guys who well, that... Did have an adventure and then went kind of crazy. Well, I think
1: I think Monte Ellis is, is is like that too. Okay, he you know he's like a little guy and he mentored Steph Curry in a way that was ultimately not really great for him. Much okay, like Bill did. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would say that. Uh, okay, so we gotta we gotta fill fill this out. Legolas, really accurate and handsome dude uh hits from I think that's Ray Allen. I think Ray Allen okay. is the Lego loss, like kind of aloof. Um and then in the same way, Gimli the Dwarf, uh someone who's like a little more more brutal and rough and tumble, but ultimately, you know, has a heart of gold. I'm going to say that's Lamar Odom. Okay. <laughs> Surprising. Yeah, no, that that I maybe surprised myself a little bit there. Um Boromir, uh, just someone who who like like ring chasing, and kind of fell by the wayside and never quite put it together. Carl Malone, mm. yeah, and uh, Aragorn. I think that's got to be LeBron James. Like okay, like he's the true king, and um, you know he he's had rivalries with other people, but ultimately his heart is pure. And so that would mean uh, Galadriel, Aragorn's, long like, true love, is actually just a plate of sea bass. <laughs> okay. And I think, I think that pretty much covers it. Who's Gandalf? Oh, Gandalf. Jesus, Gandalf. <laughs> How did I leave out Gandalf? Oh, my God. So he's, he's a wizard. I think that's Coach Pop. And that's okay, the counterpart that to sense. Saruman. And then Radagast is Don Nelson. Like like just I, I crazy, was... <laughs> kinda lives in the woods. I was gonna
0: say ask if he was Mike D'Antoni,
1: but um and then and then Don I guess, Nelson all works like Yeah, guess. I guess Grima Wormtongue is it's James Dolan and uh I guess I guess like Elrond is Pat Riley. Okay. Yeah. Because right. he I, you know, he, <laughs> he raised LeBron to be to the point where he could be a king. But mm-hmm. he still stays in his fancy fortress and doesn't want to leave.
0: Alright, uh, there's another question specifically for me. Uh, and that comes from Miles Davis, the stand-up comedian, not the jazz ghost. Well,
1: this is a real bitch's uh, brew. <laughs>
0: uh, he asks... Uh, okay. I hate raccoons. I'm definitely afraid of raccoons. That's like a thing that people know about me. And he asks, what is LeBron's personal stance on raccoons? And could a raccoon make a better GM than Phil Jackson? Uh, I'm going to say LeBron doesn't care about raccoons because he's got, he's got other bigger fish to fry. And that fish is sea bass. Um,
1: I think his can... garbage cans have like a not only a lock, they have, like, a thumbprint entry, and it only opens for, like, Maverick Carter or something like that. Yeah, I'm
0: guessing one of LeBron's former AAU teammates is actually paid to stand near the garbage cans and chase raccoons away. Um, And I think a raccoon could make a better GM than Phil Jackson because they're sneaky.
1: Yeah, I think there's an... I just remember reading where, where the red fern grows. They have some trap they use early where they just put a shiny object in a thing and then like mm-hmm. the, the guy closes his paw and if the raccoon just let go of the shiny object he'd be fine but he can't let mm-hmm. it go and that's that shiny object is Carmelo Anthony
0: oh I was gonna say Chris Dapp's Porzingis <laughs> oh, but no. all right yeah um all right Adrian Escalera also asked look This is going to, again, fall under the Lord of the Rings ban. I can't help you with this one, Sean, because I have no idea what half of this is. Uh, What is the stupider plan? Tyrion's catch a white on Game of Thrones or Phil Jackson in the triangle?
1: Okay, well, um, at least the triangle has some kind of principles that would have worked at any point. Trying to catch a zombie in the snow... Next to an army of hundreds of thousands of ice zombies and, I guess like, magic ice warriors, whatever you would say. I can't think of a time in history that's a good idea. Even if you have Jon Snow, the Michael Jordan of Westeros, to help you. Jon
0: Snow is Michael Jordan. Uh, not to not to make you name all the Game of Thrones <laughs> right, characters. All the Game of Thrones. Okay, it?
1: so that means Pippin is Torin. <laughs> and uh, I guess Beric Dorian is uh it, Tom. No, oh, sorry, somebody just whispered Tom Bombadil to me, and it threw me <laughs> off. And I'm like, oh my god, who's the ABA super? That's like uh, who's the who's the ABA guy who's afraid to fly? Marvin uh, Barnes. Marvin, bad news, Barnes. Marvin, bad news, Barnes is Tom Bombadil. By the way, just circling back. Um, that white plan is the dumbest, dumbest plan. Because it's not only that you're capturing an ice zombie, you then have to bring it back to a person who hates you and all your friends. So it's like if he had to do the... Tri- it's like if you had to play the triangle like on a basketball court that was on fire. That's the equivalent.
0: Oh, that sounded to me like you had to play the triangle if your team had Carmelo Anthony and Chris <laughs> Porzingis and Courtney Lee on it. But, okay. <laughs> um... Derek Rose. Um, so you're saying that the Game of Thrones nerd thing is definitely a uh, dumber plan than the triangle?
1: Yeah, like at least at least you can understand the point <laughs> of the triangle. Okay. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, all right, super fan and keeper of the flame Dubaru wants to know what's what are the favorite sandwiches for players in the NBA? And he suggests that Dwight Howard is definitely a peanut butter and fluff and Nutella guy.
1: Yeah. Um, I have a feeling that LeBron James is like really into kind of like New York deli classics. Like a I like a whitefish guy. Though. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, he's like wraps <laughs> or nothing. Yeah. Um, who do you think is the most likely to to make like a Dagwood style sandwich?
0: Oh, Kevin Love. Oh 100%. yeah, 100 <laughs> percent.
1: America's <laughs> the NBA's suburban dad, Kevin Love.
0: Yeah, he's throwing. Kevin Love is throwing like everything in the fridge on a sandwich, and then pouring like ten pint glasses of chocolate milk for himself. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's right. He's still, <laughs> he's still growing, baby.
0: Um, I think that uh, another guy who likes really elaborate sandwiches like things that have like fried foods on them uh-huh. where it'll be like this has mozzarella sticks yeah uh is for sure uh Brandon Jennings I think oh, probably yeah. like, loves a crazy sandwich
1: <laughs> I could I could see that too yeah like like there's there's just way more layers than you'd think and uh yeah I could also see rookie rubio always putting like sardines on whatever sandwich he has mm-hmm. uh, uh who do you think's most likely to put like a layer of potato chips on top of their sandwich
0: uh i'm gonna say interesting potato chips on a sandwich are weirdly classic but also not they're yeah not super classic um, um... Uh, I'm gonna say, Draymond Green is probably the potato yeah, chips yeah. on a sandwich
1: man, and like making a big mess doing it. I yeah, because it's
0: it's almost like a like a lunch pail I do work move, but also mm-hmm. it's unorthodox.
1: <laughs> I also have this weird idea that um he only discovered them recently, but uh Danilo Gallinari just discovered those Pittsburgh style. Uh, like Primanti Brothers style sandwiches with like a bunch of French fries in them and Italian meats. And now it's like all he eats. Oh, for
0: sure. Yeah. Um, I think another, I think on the boring side of sandwiches, mm-hmm. I think Lamarcus Aldridge is one of those guys who just eats a turkey sandwich every day and is mad when it's uh like not the same.
1: Oh yeah, 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 uh, for sure. And, like, not even with turkey meat from a deli. He has that stuff that, like, from a grocery store that gets kind of wet, and he doesn't care. You know, the other thing I think Lamarcus Aldridge does, he keeps his bread in the freezer and then defrosts it, and it's like, you know, you know how, like, frozen bread is? And he just doesn't yeah, care. Because yeah. he just, he can't enjoy anything anymore.
0: <laughs> um. Yeah, I think that's I think those are some good sandwich choices. Mm-hmm. Um All right, so we only have two questions left, Sean. Okay. Oh, one question, excuse me. Uh which this is I picked this one cuz I think this is one we can have a lot of fun with. Mm-hmm. Uh this also comes from San Francisco stand-up comedian Kevin O'Shea, which you should see him in San Francisco cuz he's hilarious. It's great. Uh which NBA player is most like Dominic Toretto.
1: Ooh. Yeah, I have I have what I think is a controversial answer for this one. Go ahead. I think it's Dwayne Wade. What? <laughs> Keep going. Cuz he's he's really good at getting a crew together. Like even though like him bringing in LeBron James and Chris Bosh is like pulling in The Rock to join the team. Like he doesn't really have his equivalent of uh, a Brian O'Connor, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but he's he's all about family. He's very loyal. Um, he, he shows up for his family. Uh, he has a lot of kind of catchphrases he uses that aren't really that cool, but he says them like they're cool, mm-hmm. kind of like Dominic Toretto. Um, and he's... You know he he he's good at crashing into things and not really getting hurt, but looking like he's way more hurt, and then it's fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and you know he, he Gabriel Union's like his um, his Michelle Rodriguez. You know what I mean? She's his Letty.
0: Interesting. And you know, See, and
1: last year he went rogue. He went rogue, but he's going to return <laughs> to his family in cleveland now
0: see i was actually going to say lebron james because he tweets all about la familia Mm -hmm. he has he leads in a way that he can convince brian o'connor dwayne wade to eat sea bass from this point on uh sometimes he makes mistakes and uh lets doesn't listen to members of the family, so then they have to leave and then go live in ah uh, the slums of Brazil,
1: ah mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh,
0: for years. That would be Kyrie Irving. Yeah, that's right. Um, <laughs> uh, America's
1: favela, Boston.
0: <laughs> I don't think David. I don't think Dominic Toretto would like David Blatt either.
1: I think that's right. Um,
0: <laughs> I think it's LeBron.
1: I just think that Dominic Toretto would never have made the decision. Like I, mean... I could see, you know, you know what I mean. Like it, like for four years, it just feels like. I mean, just, <laughs> now granted, that would be like if Dominic Toretto's gang was constantly just crashing their cards and botching those DVD robberies, like right away, and he was mm-hmm. just single-handedly carrying the crew forever. Mm-hmm. Um. I think I think we both gave strong answers though. Yeah. All right. And now,
0: as always, we've got to finish the show out. Uh, it's uh, we haven't we posted the episode yesterday. Full disclosure, so we're yeah. not gonna find out yet what um, <laughs> uh, what Ricky Rubio is doing right now. So uh-huh. that poll is still open. Vote yeah. in that poll. We'll tell you Monday who won both. Um, or, I mean Tuesday. And uh, But we're opening a new question, and now that it seems like he's off the trading block, Sean, what do you think the untouchable Boston Celtics fourth point guard Terry Rozier is doing right now?
1: I mean, I think he's buying the house that Ben Affleck lived in in the town. <laughs> he's making a full commitment to Boston. <laughs> And he's thinking about robbing Fenway Park, but he's going to start with the house. (laughs) I think
0: Terry Rozier is currently uh, having his lawyer check to make sure everything is correct in Danny Ainge's will. Because Danny Ainge is leaving him everything. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: This is good.
0: Uh, Because there's no one
1: Danny Ainge loves more than Terry Rozier. No, that's his his real family. (laughs) Tanner Ainge, you're out. (laughs) He went against the family and tried to get Gordon Hayward to stay in Utah, and that's it. Rozier gets Tanner's share.
0: All right, and that's our show. Sean.
1: Is there anything
0: you would like to plug?
1: Uh, So follow me on Twitter, at Sean Keen. Check out the Everything Report on the internet. And if you're in San Francisco, this is not a personal plug. This is just a wreck. Uh, Tuesday night, friend of the pod, Chris Garcia, is headlining The Punchline. It's going to be a great show. Check it out. That's Tuesday, August 29th. Yeah, that is a good show. You should go see that. And actually, everybody else on the show is real funny, too. So it should be great.
0: Um, isn't Kevin O'Shea actually on that show? I think show? he
1: is Matt Lieb and uh, Irene too
0: yeah uh, some of those people, former guests yes um, for me you know what just you know, DM us, get some stickers give us a dollar or a five star review on iTunes and we will name your fantasy teams we need stuff to do uh, we're getting close to the end, to the beginning of the season. Stuff is starting to happen, so I'm excited about that. We'll have team previews coming up soon, I assume. Uh, this is just, frankly, me stalling time so I can find a Frankie Muniz tweet to read. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, um, as always, you can follow me on Twitter, at Frankie Muniz, where... On 7-6-2015, I tweeted, Does anyone know how to get rid of horrifically bad luck? Oh, Um, And I would recommend not being a Clippers fan, maybe. (laughs) That would help. Uh, And that's been our show. Uh, As always, trust Trust the the process. process. Shut it down. Let's Let's go go home. home. I'm around my way with big and ill and ow. Oh, schizophrenic, don't act joking. Hey, yo, give me my check one, two. I wanna get something out. The moment the boondocks recorder. The thought you flexing in my section, manslaughter. in the tape up up the transistor. It's the, it's raspy. A to the L. finger to the trigger to the shell. As I open up the frequency, come on and creep with me. I let you in on the secret G.